All right, thanks for tuning in. This is Central Wine, the podcast. My name is Chaz. I'm here with my father, Steve, talking wine at an introductory level. And today, we're talking rosé. I love rosé. Well, thanks, Chaz, first. And, uh, oh, yeah. This well, is uh, exciting. Rosé has been blowing up now for 15 years. I mean, it's been around forever, and we've always, at Central Wine Merchants, always carried it. One of the few stores 20 years ago that were, was carrying dry rosés. Trendsetters. Yeah, trendsetters. So, you know, rosé, the method's been around for a while. I guess maybe let's talk the method first, how rosé yeah. is made. So it's not made from rosé grapes. It's there's act- no pink grape out no, there that they're, <laughs> that they're squeezing it out of? No, there's uh. definitely no pink grape out there. So basically, there's I think there's four ways to make rosé wine. So the first one we've talked about a lot, you're taking a red grapes, mm-hmm. and you're um, allowing, when you're in the winemaking process, allowing skin contact, but only for... A short amount of time. So typically when you're making a red wine, you have you put everything together and you're making the juice and you allow the skins in there and that's creating the tannins, the color, all the flavors. When you're making rosé, we're talking two hours, maybe up to 24 hours. Then you're draining the juice, filtering it out, all the skins, and now you have yourself a, a okay. pink hue. Yeah. So there's another way to do it. You could do it what they call a sangui meaning blood. So picture the you're making red wine, mm-hmm. but right away you just drain off some juice and then you put it off to the side and now you make a rosé and oh, you yeah. continue the process of making a red wine. So I don't know if that was like a moneymaker idea, you know, just like I got to get some money right away because rosé wines, you're not aging, you're, you're, you're making them and they're, they're ready to go to market relatively quick. Nice. Why the red wine, it takes a little bit more time. Or they're cheating, and they mm. wanted to make their red wine more intense. Uh, so they're bleeding off some white juice or some pink yeah. juice, and what's left over is this more rich, dense. And, I don't, and I've done a lot of research. I can't figure out which is which, but I'm assuming the darker rosés are probably done in the uh, Sangui method. But mm. right now, rosés are so hot, you, you, do, you don't need to do that. You know, you all don't right. need the red wine. There's such a huge market for them. You could g- put all your marbles in the Yeah, rose you don't life. have to worry about, you know, doing mm. the Sangui method. And Is this like a method that's been around for hundreds of years, or is it yeah. actually pretty recently? I'd say hundreds of years. Right. They can't really pinpoint it, but it's been going on. So it probably in Champagne they started doing it, and Champagne they were doing the um, the Sangui type method mm. or you know draining off yeah. the bigger ones, and you can also too blend red and white wine. Okay, because I thought to be honest for a while that's what I thought it was. They just took a red and a white wine and they just poured them into the same bottle until yeah. it was pink. I I you can do it. Interesting. Yeah, I thought I was. Yeah. I wasn't even going to bring that up because I thought it was foolish. No, it's not. Okay. And it's, it's frowned upon. Interesting. Okay, I can so see why. So it's sort of like, that's not rosé. Yeah. You're sort of combining two flavors. But even in um, Provence, they make rosé, 
And sometimes if it's too big, they'll they'll blend some white Vermentino in there. But they, I think they keep that on the hush. Yeah. They don't want anybody really knowing. Champagne's a little bit different. Champagne they do blend. Okay. So Champagne will will blend. Um, so they're using two grapes in Champagne: Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, and, and another grape. But basically, some of them will blend to create a flavor to make like a blended wine. And I think they'll call that, you know, uh, rosé. But they also make a Blanc de Noir. So they do a lot of things out okay. there. But I, the real good ones are making a rosé. They're they're creating it from the beginning. Yeah, that was their plan. Oh, and there is a fourth. Okay. We've talked about it before when we talked about Pinot Grigio. It's a Ramito. So it's not necessarily a rosé. But since Pinot Grigio has, like, a pink skin, if they allow the... It's considered a white grape, too. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know where it falls. It makes white wine. Yeah. But if you allow a little skin contact with that, you get a Romita, which has a pink hue to it, and then... But it's more similar to natural wine? I guess sense. so, yeah. I think, you know, that confusing term of natural wine is there because you yeah. got skin contact, especially when you have skin contact with a white grape. I think where it does it become a natural wine is they, they don't put it in, like, clay pots and let it oxidize and, mm-hmm. you know, they just make regular wine with that method, like yeah. a, with a rosé. So those are the four ways to make rosé. And the great thing about rosé is you can literally make it out of any red grape. So, I mean, some are better. Across the board. Across the board. We have, like today we got two of them here. So we have um, Hey Rosé from, um, Aust- uh, no, uh Australia, it's a, Argentina. Argentina, it's a Malbec. And, you know, that's a big, rich grape, and you can just tell from the hue. And this yeah. is, like, the best. So this is not the best, but it's my favorite region, and it's sort of the benchmark of rosé is okay. Provence. Southern France is where, like, they own rosé. Provence they, in, summer, in southern France. Yeah, so right. Provence is an area in southern France. Um, I guess if you're looking at it, it's, you know, it's basically the French Riviera. Oh, nice. So you got Nice and all those places. You ever mm. been there? Them drinking like rosé on the streets? It's like yeah. travelers used to come back and say, I, I need rosé. I was just in France and, mm-hmm. you know, and they just drink it for lunch. It's their like light yeah. wine and, you know, they become like the kings of it. And mm-hmm. sort of everybody, you know, is copying them. But I don't know if copy because everybody can make it. Yeah. So like if you look at this one, you got Crazy different colors. That's what's yeah. fun about rosé, too. Yeah, there's a spectrum to it. And if you ever don't like rosé, I say try, like, seven more. Yeah. They're, 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 they're really different. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, uh, I guess all wines like that, but I think rosé gets, like, jammed into a category. Yeah. And it's still getting jammed in this category of being a sweet wine. Do you yeah. think of that when you think of rosé? I mean, you're a young wine drinker. Now you're new to the... Um, yeah, I, I, it's news to me that it's not. Right now. Really? Okay, good. I just thought, well, like, because it just seems like it's pink. Like, one or two I've had have been sweet. And yeah. Like, and it was that, for the longest time, what was being consumed in America. Was the sweet rosés. Yeah. So, um, so I think in the 70s, two Portuguese wine producers came up with um, a sweet rosé. And... I, when I was working, so I started working in the wine business in 1980. 
and we used to have floor stacks of these two wines. Lancers, which came in like a ceramic bottle, really? and Matus, which came in this um, like this circular bottle. Cool <laughs> bottles. Yeah. But they were sweet or uh, off-dried. No, they were sweet rosés. And, yeah. and they also made a white wine, but they were sweet wines. Mm-hmm. And they became popular. And that's what everybody, like it was the only rosé we had probably in the 70s in our store were those wow. two. Like probably something else, but I can't think. But what ha- the big one that happened too that everybody thinks, you ever hear White Zinfandel? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. But yeah. I've also seen Pink Zinfandel, right? Yeah, well, it's okay. all pink. Oh, that's a crazy thing. So White Zinfandel is pink. It's actually a rosé. Uh interesting. So, so um Sutter Home, the owner there is Tricano. They there was a shortage. White wine was blowing up in the late seventies, early eighties. And so there was a shortage of white grapes being grown. And we can fact check this, but okay. this is the story I heard. No, you're my um historian. So, yeah, so, it's, so we're going off with everything you know. All right. That's it. That's yeah, where we're that's, that's our base. <laughs> So they were running out of, they need to make white wine, but they didn't have white grapes. So we know, you know, what we've been learning over these things that inside the grape is white. Yeah. So they were making white wine out of red grapes with no skin contact whatsoever. Interesting. So we're, but what was happening was the, um, it was, there wasn't enough, Yeast to kill all to turn all the sugar into mm-hmm. um, alcohol. Yeah. So these were unbalanced wines, and so Sutter Home guy said, "Well, let me just leave it. The skin's there for a couple weeks or a couple days or yeah. whatever it took." And holy cow! I mean, think by 1980, it was it just blew up. Really, and it was sweet. It was definitely sweet wine. Mm-hmm. And then other guys are out there calling stuff. Um, so he didn't call it rosé. Yeah. He called it like white Zinfandel, white wine made out of z- uh. red grape. And there was another one I think called like the Eye of the Swamp, but they all called them all like white Cabernet or white Zinfandel. Oh, uh, yeah, they didn't even know that they could just run it down but the But it middle. got to the point now, somebody comes in the store and asks for a Zinfandel, you had to ask, you know, red or white. And it's just like wacky. Yeah. And, but right now, pretty much white Zinfandel you know, has a bad reputation. You know, I, I think at one point it was a well-made wine. You know, it was a an off-dry, but it just got just box wines, everything. It just became this white zin, sugary yeah. wine. Mm-hmm. Now, Rosé's coming in. They're like, we're not him. We're not yeah. that guy. And I was like, and they didn't. I said, right now, I mean, we do have white zin down the one aisle, but our yeah. rosé section, which we probably have, you know, any given time, this time of year, 60 different ones that rotate in. Yeah. They're all dry. Different levels, but they're all dry. They have yeah. different flavor profiles, but all dry. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought I'd bring in two today. I think so, like, right. the two different types. And I think what you're trying to look for in a rosé, um, you want fruit. So, like, different fruits that can pop out, strawberry, melon, grapefruit, uh, you know, berry type fruit. So you got the two different ones. The the Malbec definitely got that deeper color, and it could be you know it's a it's a richer grape. You know, so that will give you the darker color. The winemaker could leave 
it the skin's on longer. So I think I'm going to try. And then we got Provence. So Provence is they're doing a blend. They got Syrah, Sinsalt, some really rich grapes in there. But I think they're quick on their skin contact. Well, it's almost like yeah. completely clear. Like if you look at the weird lighting with this table, it doesn't even look like rosé. But in a bottle, it does. Yeah. Yeah, the bottle definitely makes it yellow, but it's basically... But it doesn't really have a yellow tint to it at all, so, like, you still know that it's not white wine. Yes. All right, let me So, like, what you're looking for, you want... And a good one, you want crisp, white, you know, light, you know, want some nice fruit, great for barbecuing. You know, the alcohol hopefully is not over the top. Yeah. What do we got on this one? I don't know. 13% 13 on the Provence. Yeah, and uh, I guarantee this one... The Malbec's higher, but no, 12%. That's cool. So what you're doing a lot, too, and I haven't been to um, south of France in a really long time, but I didn't even know when we went there and I ordered rosé and we are just hanging out, they gave a big glass of ice and they poured the rosé into a big glass of ice. And I think there was a term they used for it. Really? Like, uh, it's like... Alapacine or stuff like that means by the pool or, and it was just delicious because the theory is, you know, you're day drinking, mm -hmm. ice is melting. Uh, I, a lot of times when I drink rosé, especially in the summer, I like to try it first. And then yeah. after I try it, I put a couple ice cubes in there, it lights it up and get me through the day a little bit longer. Yeah. It's again, it's a cool thing about wine. It's not that serious. Yeah. Yeah, I was already thinking about how light this one already tastes. Like, out of all the wines we've kind of been trying, like, this one, it almost produces, like, the it's almost like the most diluted one so far. Yeah. And so I think the ice might be even necessary just to, because it's already so diluted. Like, I could drink this. Yeah, do you just throw it back? I, yeah, I could put this bottle down in a second. <laughs> the, he, it, it happens. Yeah. It, uh, we're known, like, uh uh, Mom and I will be uh, drinking a rosé before you know it. It's like, where'd it go? Yeah, it's gone. Like, there's no, like, there's a, still a little bit of the tannins in yeah, there. Yeah, just but enough. Like, but It slips through the yeah. mouth. This <laughs> one's awesome. Yeah, that's how I think like, when you hear, like, rosé all day. Yeah. That's, that's like. Uh, how, how it came around. How much uh, does the Provence... Were the gassier and Provence? This one's a little bit pricier. Gassier. This one's a little bit pricier than um, typically. I mean, because you could find good rosés for ten dollars a bottle. And this one's actually eighteen dollars a bottle. All right. Um, there's the the one that sort of made it all famous. So it's sort of like what I always thought. Like even though we're in Flemington and we're at this small store, we've been way ahead of the rosé curve forever. Yeah. But apparently in the 90s is when it blew up and it happened in the Hamptons. And they, they were sitting around drinking this rosé called um, Ott. And it's $50 to throw. It's really good. I'll, I'll bring yeah. a bottle. And I guess from there, it slowly progressed through the rest of the world. And mm -hmm. But Hampton is sort of where the Hamptons is where the rosé craze started. You know, that's like 30 years ago, but... Yeah, I'd say it's been fifteen to twenty and constantly yeah. getting bigger every year. Yeah, it definitely seemed like it, there was like maybe it was like summer twenty eleven. There was like one year in there where it really got a big trendy bounce. Yeah, and it has and it's delicious. So yeah. it's not going away. Exactly, I like it too. For me, it is seasonal. Like it's I was, yeah. I was gonna ask that 
no wine is this seasonal, like by far. It's crazy. Yeah. Because it's a money. They want to make money. Like yeah. it's surprising that they And they're trying to get people to drink it in the winter, but somehow it just, it just connects with summer or warm weather because mm-hmm. I saw some company have like um, winter rose, like winter in the bottle or something they're like that. And <laughs> trick it, you. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean it's 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 good. You can still drink it. It's not but they usually run out of production. We don't bring new ones in pretty much after uh, September. There's just really none on the market. And the ones on the market, probably the reason why they're still on the market, they're not very good. Yeah, because that's one thing I was thinking. I was like, there's definitely a part of it that, like, I'm thinking there's so much money in it, they would have figured out how to make good rosé any month of the year. Yeah. Um, but... To a certain extent, like if they could even, if the money's just not even there, people really aren't throwing the check around. Well, like. here's the thing, too. You wanted roses don't age, and they're probably better the first year they're made, with okay. always exceptions okay. to some rules, um, especially from a region in southern France called like Bandol. They'll age them. There's um, uh, a one in a uh, it's Spain that's ageable. They don't even actually release it to like five years after they make it. Um, Lopez Heredia. And it's like this sought after. If you ever mm-hmm. see it on a shelf, it just sells in a second. Uh, a lot of times is okay. one, vig- one vintage behind. And now you say it again. I do remember OTT. Yes. Yeah, I do remember seeing Wait, that. Down one. in Miami probably? Oh, no, just at the store. <laughs> yeah, it's like 50. What's it? Like, it looks so weird on the shelf. Mm-hmm. It's this on this rosé shelf where everything's like 10 to 20 bucks. And then there's like... 60. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> like know your worth. Yeah. And, you know, Whispering Angel now, they're like the biggest producer. They're making, trying to make different yeah, levels. Yeah, you see that in Miami a lot. Yeah. They're so like eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, but now they're making a Rock Angel, this Angel. So they're going up to all trying to get a $100 rosé on the market. Yeah. But uh, you can thank the Hamptons. Yeah. And we're, do, we're doing a Zoom with uh, uh, the Jess Bon Jovi or Jesse Bon Jovi. And he created a product when he was in college. Called, or maybe he had the idea, and then he he and his dad came up with, it was called initially called Diving Into Hampton Water, and now it's just called Hampton Water, and they're just crushing it. So Hampton Water. Hampton Water. What, and it's But it's rosé? It's rosé. And hilarious. it's made in southern France. That's hilarious. And he's got, a great, he's got the, a great producer making his wine, and they had the money behind it, and he was young and energetic, and were, he was probably hanging out in the Hamptons, like, let me. I got an idea. Yeah, and his buddies are like, "No way, that's stupid." And he's like, "No, I'm doing it." And then, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to hear his story. So it's a fascinating. Yeah, name. he'll be on our. Um, we'll be hooking him up with one Wednesday in June. Okay, so it should be right fun. smack dab in the middle of summer. Yeah, right. I think it's a kickoff. I try to get it early, so mm-hmm. I'm going to call it like a rose kickoff, and mm-hmm. even though I've been drinking it by that point for like two, two months. months, yeah. I, uh, so now we got the the Malbec. The Hey Rosé, it's called. I, and a lot of times it's cool, too. The producers, like, have a little fun with their labels, you know, to keep it. And this one's cool. It's got, like, a superhero. Yeah. And this was great last year. That's why we brought it back in again. Looks a little deeper in color than last year's, but. Eh. Solid. Yeah, solid. It's a little heavier, you know, maybe hold up to a meal a little bit more. Yeah, there's there's nothing about this one where I'm like, oh yeah, we gotta. I'm hyped to give this another try. Yeah, maybe a couple more, but 
I can't really pinpoint the fruit if it's like a kind of like a pomegranate. I don't even I know. Take, if, I think here's something weird about this wine. I, I think. Yeah. I, you guys one of those or you got to double check? Yeah, it's a fruit's really light in it, but it's mm-hmm. got that little like sweet little finish to it. I guess to me, I always think when it's still, like more like a melody type thing. Yeah, like, like a, a mel- cantaloupe or something. Like it's still a little sour. Yep. Yeah, I don't really know how to like. Um. So here's another cool thing with rosés too. This is where the um, we're trying them at the restaurant frosés. So now you're making the frozen drinks with rosé. Yeah. Have you ever dabbled in that? I don't think I've had one, but I've definitely seen it. So them. I heard you're getting a uh, a magic bullet. Yeah. We'll I think give it, him a shot. Yeah, I think you throw some like rosé, some either frozen strawberries or fresh strawberries, I don't know, a little vodka maybe, a little lemon juice, hit that in the blender, you got yourself a, mm. a rosé slushy. Okay. Yeah, and a last log. You could definitely dabble that by the pool. All right. So that's another cool. See, it's like versatile. They, they have some fun. Yeah, yeah. Being able to, I, could, I would never think about putting a mail back in a smoothie blender. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, you we've uh, sangria too, so a less expensive one if you want to lighten them up. You know, a little pineapple and different and things. It's summer. Yeah. And yeah, and I guess it's got all those notes that are already directed to summer yeah. anyway. That I want to dabble more into uh, sangria this year. Okay. I, I've always hated it. You know, I was really? like, yeah, I was just like wine, but you know, we, we, at the restaurant, we had a couple good ones. I used to, we used to do Bobby Flay's and it just crushed. And really? people loved it. And I'm like, you know what? I got to take this more serious and mm-hmm. maybe we'll do like a, a YouTube and experiment with some different uh, yeah. sangrias with different wines. And you always had the the peach sangria. Yeah, you would that do was, at the... that's what I stole from Bobby Flay's. Uh, cookbook. <laughs> oh, there you I'm go. Like, Dude, he's a chef. It's got to be good. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's got a hundred million dollars from flipping and chicken wings. And people's like, uh, uh, you got a... Uh, Everybody's wanted to know our recipe. I'm like, I don't know. I just want it. <laughs> Give him no credit whatsoever. Figured he had enough credit in his. Uh, He's an Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah I see him on TV. And I changed it a little bit. He used like white peach puree. He actually took the white peaches and pureed them. I found a peach mix. <laughs> I thought you were about to actually have your own taste, not just a cheaper version. Oh, uh, yeah. We cheaped it up a nice thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been fun. I love rose and. If you haven't had it and you're afraid to try it, you know, definitely go out there. Um, start in Provence. I mean, yeah, or, I or at least say. Yeah, start it with um, Southern France, bounce from there, but start trying different ones. And, you know, once you find one you like, figure out the the grape that's being used to make it, and then you can go from there. Interesting, yeah. So if you get it's too heavy, you don't like it, it's too sweet, maybe they're using, you know, Pinot Noir instead of, you mm-hmm. know, Syrah. And go from there. Yeah, and if you don't like it, just put a bunch of ice in it, and you're gonna be able, you're down. gonna be able to get it down. Yeah. All right. All right. That's my uh, history of rosé. Let's go. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be uh, maybe throughout the summer. We'll have like a couple more little our little takes go a little deeper dive All into right. rosé and see. I, what we I'm do. always like I'll visit rosé on a daily basis. Yeah, we love that. All, All right. right, thanks, Jazz. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.